every freaking second of the day, I'm going to do it. Everybody wants to be mother freaking wealthy. Are you willing to adapt? Are you willing to change? How uncomfortable are you willing to get? How willing are you going to be to allow me to help you? This is a marathon, not a sprint. You give up your right to be average and ordinary. You gotta show up earlier, you gotta be here later, you gotta hit harder, be more productive, be more focused. If you don't see it that way, you will fail at it. You guys have been the pillar and the backbone of Planet First Life now for quite some time. Keep growing. Hello everyone, Andrew Taylor here. Today we have Sean Mike with us. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, bro. In two weeks, we have the national conference coming up, or at mm-hmm. least February 5th. Yep. Um, real quick, it's free. Correct. 13,000 plus registered. At least, yep. At 15, least. 16, Marlin Stadium costs over $5 million. Training coming free. Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank is going to be there. Mm-hmm. A bunch of managers that have built yep. multi million dollar businesses. FFL's paying $5 million plus a month in bonuses. The people Correct. receiving those are going to be there. They're going to be training. Mm-hmm. Half of the new people there, half, half of the people. trainers yeah. are brand new. Less than a year. Less than a year mm-hmm. that are having success. And why did you do that? Well, first of all, it's uh, – I'm going to read this to you because we talked about this last week and I didn't get a chance to – I wouldn't look it up. Everybody started yeah. sending me the man in the arena because it leads to – it's a good segue to your question. Teddy Roosevelt. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how how the strong man stumbles, or where the door of deeds, doer of deeds, could have. Sorry about that. Doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, who spends himself in a worthy cause who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Sorry about my, um, I chopped up some words. I was so excited and it's, I like the way it's written old school. Those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Um, the reason Andrew made a decision to to allow, or not to made to made a decision to focus on having half the people speaking to have been here less than a year is probably a, a good percentage of people that are at the event are going to be pretty new, you know, less than a year. And I think also, you know, to 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 that quote, right? Nobody cares if you fought in the arena fifteen years ago. If you didn't fight last week, nobody cares. If you didn't fight last month, nobody cares. You know, so I think a lot of companies are run based on, I think seniority is a killer. I think when you focus purely on seniority, things die. Uh, I think when it's like, well, I don't know what to say to that guy. He's always trained. Well, tell me sucks. He ain't worked in three years and you ain't gonna let him train. Well, he'll be mad. Yeah. And like, he didn't do anything, you know? Um, and I think when I got in the business, I went to some of these big meetings and people were, training that weren't doing anything 
I just thought it was like a big popularity contest or a, a, I guess a good old boys club, if you will. And I was like, did I'm, I, that's weird to me. Like that guy ain't done. He ain't been in the field like ever in his life or he was like 15 years ago. And why is he going to train us on how to, how to be good at this? He's going to give us a bunch of garbage that don't mean nothing. So, um, Andrew, we just wanted to deliver the most relatable information we could in a way that people would be able to take it and go win. And I think that, uh, that for me, that was, that was the biggest piece is that, um, if we if we could compartmentalize it and um you know put people in a position to win regardless of who was here however long and if I'm new or been here three, four months and I get to hear people been here a year doing three, four, five, six, seven hundred grand a month with their team, a million dollars a month, or hit Hall of Fame their first year, why in the hell would I want not to hear? Why would I not want to hear from them? And that's why we're so excited. I think we had a hundred and fifteen, twenty people talking cumulatively, which is awesome. And again, you're gonna half of them are a year or less, right around that year mark. So, so I've been here three or four months crushing it. Like, why not give them the opportunity to do it? You know, so I think that's just important to us. Real people, real numbers, real results, that kind of stuff. You know, you're working hard, you're doing your deal. We got a lot of professional trainers who are not in the trenches anymore. I want the people in the stadium that are bleeding from the mouth and muddied and they're still in the fight. Maybe they're building a business. They're still talking. They're still training. But people haven't grown that much. Why? Because we, we like them. We don't dislike the people that aren't training. We just don't want to hear from them. I was watching this guy train, and I loved what he said. He said that he got to a point where he made a bunch of money, and he didn't have to do anything because he had passive income. Mm -hmm. And he said it was the most miserable he's ever been because he didn't have anything to do. I bet. And he said that all he did was contemplate the meaning of life. And he's like, dude, this is not a fun place to be. Mm -mm. So he said he had to go back to active income. Mm-hmm. which is actually getting your hands dirty. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, there's a lot to that. No doubt. And sometimes people go, when should I stop selling? And I was thinking, we, when I, when I was in the field and I made the goal of stopping when we hit a million a month, being in the field is what made me good at helping other people. Correct. Because I was getting my hands dirty. Mm-hmm. And I knew what was going on. It's just crazy. Here's the thing. I never... And, and please don't anybody take this the wrong way. That was never a goal of mine. Some people ask me, I'm like, this is so weird. Hey, well, when can I get out of the field? Like, You've been here like a year and a half. Like, I, and if you want to, by all means, do it. But by the way, the companies that are, and yeah, I use that term loosely, that preach that you're not in the field and the nine or 12 people working with you are going to, you, you don't, that's why you don't make any money. You're not going to make any money. They're not going to follow you. You're not making any money. You're not producing anything. And you're going to do this for 20 or 30, 40 years. And you're going to wish you joined us. 15, 20 or you know, whatever the deal is. You're going to wish you joined us from you know the day we started. So I, I think, Andrew, and that, by the way, getting your hands dirty can be on the recruiting side. Like, keep working. That was the thing for me. You know, okay, you got the passive income coming in, right? Life's good, cool, it's awesome. But you're trying to help other people win. You can still actually stay active when the majority of what you have coming in is passive because you're creating more of an opportunity for other people. Yes, you're going to increase your, your passive income. Cool, got it. But you're kind of you're working for it, you know. And also in this business, I don't think it's passive for that one. What I mean by that is I don't think it's like you work 2 years never work again and I just you got to keep you got to keep working. I mean, I, I think you know we do things here screw people up cuz you you're here a year and you're doing a million a month. And it kind of skews everything you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and then people are like it's so easy to get there, which it is. And then I think it kind of messes people up where they're like, you know, all right, what do I do now? Like, look how easy this was. 
And it's like, I know, but you have a bunch of people in your team that want to get to a million dollars a month as well. You've only been here a couple of years. And I think also to that point of contemplating the meaning of life, I, I think we all have a, none of us do really well. I don't think we're just doing nothing. Yeah. I just don't. I think it's a, a dangerous place to be. Life's tough. We think a lot. And I think staying busy is, is probably the best medicine for all of us um, and things we love doing. And again, this isn't, you know, if you told me to roof houses for the next 40 years or 10 years or 50, I wouldn't want to. I've done it. It's not, you know, or pour concrete or, or, or frame house. I, I just, you know, I, it, well, I wasn't passionate about it. And it is a, it's a lot of labor, a lot of it's a lot. It's hard on your body. So, you know, I think that, um, Andrew, I'm always leery of somebody who can't wait to not work. Who's been doing something for three months. And it's just like, who's going to follow you there? You know, and I think that's the decision you have to make. What am, do I, do I care or not? Am I trying to get ahead or not? And do I want to see other people win? Am I trying to change people's lives? Love it. <clears throat> All right. Uh, at family for life financial, which is Jack, you, how important is it that we keep agents rolling with internet leads? Well, first of all, I mean, it's 2022, right? I mean, so like I've been saying for eight years and I, I knew I was right at years ago. I know I'm right now that this whole direct mail deal becomes cost prohibitive at some point in time, both for agent and for the lead company. Like lead company can only produce for so much and then the agent can only pay so much. There's a breaking point where you're like, how many can I buy and how much do I have to sell? It's getting up there. Oh, it's close. You know, it's just one of these things you can just see it. Like when these, when this hits and it happens, it's a wrap because there is a breaking point for if I spend this much on an individual lead, even if I'm really good and sell this much, so it's going to be hard. Um, I think Jack internet leads, we can print and that's where everything comes from. You know, um, I, I think I'm also, we do, I think we have people that don't do a good job of just explaining that any lead, if, if this Gatorade bottle had a name and a phone number on it and a date of birth and somebody said, Hey, here you go, man, here's my information. I'd like to find out about life insurance. I'll sell you a policy with this damn Gatorade zero bottle. I don't give, I don't matter to me. Give me a nap again. Give me whatever you want. Buy me some of life insurance to wrap. I'm going to sell you life insurance. That's no problem. But I think for, for people, a lot of times we, we start them and, and we almost go like, well, you can have some of these leads, but you're going to have to make X amount of dials. I'm like, dude, no. See, that's the thing. When you say that, well, you're going to have to make, give me the internet leads, which I did. The last time I did it was a few months ago. Give me the internet leads. I'll call them. If I speak to 20 of them, I'll book 15 of them. Why? It's a lead. And they just want the information. They want the quote. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get out and give it to them. They know they need life insurance. They want to know what it's going to cost them, what the benefits are. Like, I'm going to book 15 of them. So you go, you can't go, well, you have to dial all day long. And if you speak to 100, maybe you can make 15 appointments. I'd be like, that's not true. Because if I speak to 100, I'll make 90 appointments. And I think a lot of people are going to make 60, 70, 80 appointments as well. So don't do that. Don't just, if you don't, if that's your result, that's fine. But like, don't give it to yourself. There's things that I don't do well. I don't go, well, at that, the results are apt to be this. It's just because I'm, I'm very good at it. Um, and I think it's a mindset thing. So Jack, it's 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 a necessity. You can't scale it. And and how in the world is getting an eleven dollar new lead bad? I just I'm, I nobody can convince. I'm just like I was buying internet leads for forty bucks back in a day, and they were not. They were. I mean, do they weren't new? So they what, what somebody's going to say mm-hmm. to that is, well, sometimes the information is inaccurate, or sometimes somebody says that. You know, they didn't fill it out, or sometimes somebody says something. What do you say to that? My answer is, first of all, the the rare occasion where none of the information is right, you'll deal with that, right? None, none of the information is right. But you're talking about such a small percentage of the time we're talking about. What you're talking about is they don't remember filling out, or they didn't fill it out. Of course they filled it out. And you know they filled it out. See, that's the problem. If you decide that everything somebody tells you is true— that you're calling, you're never going to win anyway because they're always going to say too busy, just wanted the information, didn't know what it was, thought it was free. I mean, none of that makes any sense. 
None of it makes any sense. So the reality is you have to explain to people, if you want to win in this business, you got to be presumptive. You have to be the one that's in control. You have to be the one that's in charge. If they're in charge of you, you're going to lose. If they're in control of you, you're going to lose. That's the way it's going to work. So for me, the only thing we're talking about is are they going to say they don't remember filling it out? Maybe. So what? That's why I have to get out there. Well, I didn't fill it out. Interesting. Let's get out there, and I'll show you what was filled out, where it came from, what the, what the word they asked you was, and we'll figure it out. But hell, it don't cost you nothing for me to come out. So somebody called me the other day and said, hey, I have a new agent, and they got 100, <clears throat> 100 leads, and they talked to 30 people, and none hmm. of them were any good. And I said, what do you mean? What, what did they say to him? What, did, what was the objection that they got, right? And the objection was they were too busy on like 90% of them. And I'm thinking like, dude, this guy sucks at sales. Well, it's not even sales. Here's the deal. You, okay, so you- <laughs> Customer you, service. Well, let me tell you. You answer the phone. Answer the phone. Hello. Um, can I speak to Andrew, please? Yes. Okay. So do I sound like I'm in charge? No. Is Andrew no. going to meet with me? Hell no. Yeah. Answer the phone. Hello? Andrew? Yes. Andrew, Sean, uh, Benefit Center here in Henderson, man, getting back to you. Blah, blah. Like, I'm in charge. I'm in charge. Be an adult. See, if you act like a child, you'll be treated like a child. And you deserve to be. By the way, if you called me like that, and all you do is I don't have to hear you. I know what you said. Ask for Mr. Taylor. Can I please speak to Andrew Taylor, please? Hey, Andrew, sorry to bother you today. Hey, Andrew, is this a good time? Dude, what are you talking about? Drew, yeah. Hey, Sean, I got your thing over here, the thing you filled out. Remember doing that? Yes, no, done, man, fine, good. Hey, so anyway, it doesn't matter. What if I said I'm busy? Can you call me later? I wish I could. So here's the deal, Andrew. When's the best time to call you later today? Best time? Six. Six. Perfect. I have two right up the street from you. I'll see you tonight at six, dude. It takes 10 minutes. Bye. <laughs> Click. That's what I would do. Gone. Like, what's the best time? The time you're going to be home and have a few minutes to focus on tonight. Um, got to work at 530. Six, I'll have some time for you. Perfect. Hold on a minute. You're over on... You're on Jefferson Avenue. Got it. Hey, man, I got two over there anyway. I'm going to come by at six. You just told me you're going to be there. So the only reason somebody's not assumptive is because they're overthinking. Yeah, or they're terrified of what people think about them, which is really weird. I, I, I think at the end of the day, this, the thing that I still can't comprehend is somebody asks you for something and you're uncomfortable calling. When people go like, don't you hate the phones? I've always like, dude, that's, I don't, I don't want to lie to them. Like, no, I, I, I thought the phones were great. Why would I hate the phones? Like, how would me hating, the, how would that ever make any sense that I hate the phones? Like, why would I hate the phones? I don't, I don't even understand that. What does that mean? Like, why would I hate calling people to ask me to call them? And then I go, well, who are you? Are you cold calling? I would hate the phones if I cold called. Well, some of these leads, you know, I'm like, no, I don't know. It doesn't mean people, all people are going to meet me. I know they're not all going to meet me. It doesn't mean they're all going to buy life insurance. But if I handle myself like an adult and somebody can actually help you, and I'm the one that's in charge, you're going you're gonna to respond in kind. You're going to. It's the way it works. We all do with people, no matter what situation they're in, as long as they're respectful enough and they're direct. So the only reason they don't want to meet with you is they're thinking, hell, here's my question. Would you meet with somebody you thought was so weak in a conversation with you, when you wanted help, would you would you feel good and trust them to protect your family when you're gone? They actually have to protect your family when you're gone. Like, you're not here. You got to make sure you do right by your kids, your spouse, whatever it is. You so. know what's crazy? I was thinking the other day, what if something happened to me? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I'm like, I have good people that I would trust to make sure Nicole and 100%. Alice, my kids, are taken care of, right? 100%. Like you, other people, 100%. the people in my life 100%. I trust, right? And I was thinking, what if you're hanging out with people and you ask yourself, if something happened to me, would they step it, step in? Correct. And if the answer is no. They're the wrong people. 
hanging out with the wrong people. But a lot of people do that. Yeah. You know, but that's and you want the client to hang out with you as an agent when you're kind of like, oh, hi, dude. I asked you to call me. Why are you calling me like that? That's what they're thinking. They're not saying that. So what do they say? I'm busy. Yeah. Why? They want to see if you're like, they, that's just natural because they're a little uncomfortable with you. It seems salesy. You're uncomfortable, which is weird. When you're uncomfortable, it makes them uncomfortable because they want a life insurance. Think about this. It was a little uncomfortable for them to fill it out already, and they send it back. And they got somebody calling them. They expect to tell them what to do, expect to be in charge, expect to be a professional, expect to have the information, expect to see what they can actually get or not get. And they get you. And then when you're you're the, the, the person, with all due respect, that's the worst offender in this scenario is the guy or girl that works with them. That calls you and goes, hey, son, he got like, dude, stop it. And by the way, he probably didn't speak to 30. It's probably nine. 30 sounds a lot better, though. It says sounds a lot better. I was in a meeting in Chicago. A guy did that. I was like, really? I called 98 of them. So this man, they all said no. And I was like, how many of us in here think he's lying? Show of hands. Like 100 people in there. How many people do you think he's lying? So don't say yes. I, might, I think he's lying. What do you all think? He had 12 on the phone. He quit. Was it hard? I apologize. I said, you want to go over your phone script now in front of everybody? Right now? See, that's your problem. You don't want to get uncomfortable. You're worried about what everybody else thinks. So you're calling them like that. Yeah, let's do the phone script now. I'll do my phone script in front of 2.7 million people. What do I care? What, am I worried about what you think about me? I don't give a damn what you think about me. I do the best I can. When you are paralyzed by fear of being judged by people that have no right to judge you, you're going to suck. What are you worried about what the client's going to say? They filled something out. They forfeited that right to be mad at you for calling them. They asked you to call them. And I think that you don't get that attitude down, dude. Don't hire people. Don't try to sell live insurance. Yeah. Huge. All right. At, at Sarah Manda Marie. How did you block off your time when you were working as a broker? How did that change when you started building an agency? Uh, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. My, my dial and run time stay the same. I didn't, I was very protective of those. Now, would I talk to people in between appointments? Yes. Would I talk to people when I was driving from appointment to appointment? Yes. Was I going to talk to you if you wanted to tell me he spoke to 30 people and they all didn't want the insurance? I, after I was like, dude, I got it. You're, you're, I, you're, you're, no matter what, you can't convince somebody they can do something they've convinced themselves they can't do. Now, it's always my question. Well, do you believe you can do this? I didn't change my time, meaning my run days are my run days. Now, as I built the business, eventually that changed a little bit. But I always handled my production. Then my recruiting was every hour outside of that. I worked seven days a week. I worked 15, 16, 17 hours a day. That's what I did. It's, it's what I did all day, every day, and it worked for me. You know, um, I blocked my time off, definitely. I, I protected my dial days. I protected my run days. 100% protective of both of them. No doubt about it. But at the end of the day, I, I, that's our problem, I think. We change. Like, Andrew, you come out of the field, to your point, and all of a sudden it's like you go from running three or four days a week to zero, and you're looking for something to do. Dude, I was depressed. Oh, I bet. You're looking for something to do. Yeah. You don't have anything to do. And, and you take a lot of pride and enjoyment of going out and running. It's, it's exciting. It's competitive. You get to meet a lot of different people. It's a grind. You're active. And then you come It's like at, a hunt. You yeah. accomplish something. Yeah. And you, you come home with. Yeah. Yeah. And you come out of the field. So I wouldn't change. Here's my deal. I would keep the run days I have, and I would keep the hiring outside of my run days the entire time. I'd get good staff to help supplement while I'm out in the field doing my thing. That being said, you get to, you know, six, seven, eight hundred, nine million dollars a month. Then you start thinking about, do I scale back? Do I not? Depends. You might do more harm than good, too. It's the other thing I'd ask yourself. Am I better off hiring another staff or is it better off being me? If you're a crazy, crazy good recruiter, like it would cost you money to be in the field at a million dollars a month. I agree with that. I'd be like, dude, don't be in the field because it would cost you money. So you have to decide, is me being in the field costing me money or is it making me money? Because yeah. some of the people that came out of the field, they came out too early and just started micromanaging everybody. And the people, they drew people crazy. They're driving them crazy. You know, 
Yeah, for sure. That is, uh, that's the questions for the week. Okay. Thank you for coming in. It was very, it was very, um, what I want to say, not, that was a very, uh, hesitant. Yeah, not hesitant. I don't want to say cautious, but almost like a, I'm, I'm sure. Well there, well, there was well, I, one I more, but I didn't want to read it. I don't know if he's... Why, it's not any good? Nah, it's just crazy. Which one is it? Just point it to me, so I said, what number? What number? It's number... Um, are you being honest? Or are you... you know I'm being honest. Number 111. 111. Do you think it's bad? Are you just making that up? You don't like the question at all? Not really. Why not? I just don't like doing that. Oh, you don't? No. We have to answer now because everybody must know what it is. Okay. We're not going to say elastic because it, you know, it, but do you believe it's a bad idea to give leads you're to, moving to a now. new agent? Yep, to new agent. Sometimes it feels like you're enabling agents or putting temporary fix in the inevitable. We all have, first of all, if whatever you're doing is working, keep doing it. I did it only circumstantially when I truly believed in my heart of hearts. Like, for instance, I had a guy that started, was going through a bunch of stuff. I knew it was going on with him financially, he needed some help. But the reality really is, I agree with you, Andrew. Everybody has money. It's because, like, they have a cell phone, a car, and live somewhere, and whatever. But a lot of people don't want to spend their own money. Yeah. Like, I put all my money in the business when I started, and every dollar that came in, I continued to put in it was a business's money. So I'm not a huge fan of it now. If you had somebody that... You know, had three hundred dollars their name, and you believed it for whatever reason. You could, I mean, that that's different. But then again, that makes me nervous too, because you're whatever age, you know, three hundred dollars name. Now I had seven hundred dollars in my name when I launched the company, so I couldn't have purchased something for ten grand. Somebody had to lend the money to me. I agree with you, though. I mean, at the end of the day, when you talk to people, I think you'd be telling them they if they're not going to go ahead and buy leads anyway, it doesn't matter. So I, no, I agree with you. Do you think I was going to answer it differently? Is that why you didn't want me to answer it? No, I just didn't know. I'm still trying to think of that word, Drew. It was uh, I remember when as soon as we're done, I remember it. It's not cautious, not hesitant. It's not. It's not, uh, it's, it's almost, uh, there's a word. I uh, know. You know thinking, what I'm saying? I, it's I not passive aggressive. It's not, it was, uh, anticlimactic. It was like that. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh he's ending. No, he's not. So, all right, go ahead and try it now. Now you can end it. Now you can. All end right. It. Yeah. Thank you guys. We'll see you next there you week. Go. And, uh, Sean, thank you for coming in. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Man.